AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, and good afternoon, and welcome to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, your one-hour talk show and entertainment program here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And every Wednesday, we have been here with you, and we will be here with you, bringing you behind the scenes and into Rhode Island's signature event that's been setting the state on fire, literally, for nearly 20 years now. And I am Bronwyn Dannenfelser again, the Director of Development for Water Fire, and I am so excited. It's been Gosh, I think over a month now, and I've missed my co-host, and he's here today. So my co-host, Barnaby Evans, the Artistic Director of Water Fire. Barnaby, welcome back. I'm pleased to be back, Brahman. Good I know. to see you. We missed you. I'm good to hear that. That's good. I'm glad I was needed. Yeah, I know you've been busy. I'm sure though. you've been doing the show great. <laughs> well, you know what? We, one, I think we need to start off by saying last night um, there was a wonderful uh, occasion for water fire. And do you want to explain what that was with question number five? Question number five was a, a wonderful occasion for the arts and for the whole state of Rhode Island. It is a, a bond issue that is going to put uh, money into nine organizations around the state, as well as uh, two funds, one for historic preservation and another $6 million for other arts projects. And what's interesting about this bond issue, which is different from all the other bond issues, is this was a required match from the arts organization. So it was looking for an investment from the community that we're going to match dollar for dollar to make um, everything that happens in the arts community around the state a better success and to increase our visibility, our presence, and the things we can offer to Rhode Islanders, as well as to visitors who come to the state. So it was a good night. Well, I know. It was a big campaign, and we did a lot. We tried to educate people about it um, quite a bit. And so, so create jobs. It's uh, almost all for uh, infrastructure improvement to buildings. So it's jobs. It's construction. It's uh, restoring historic buildings from, from Wakefield to, um, you know, it's the whole state. It's Westerly, Newport, Providence, East Providence, and... Uh, well, so I think we just say yeah. thank you. Thank Absolutely. you to everybody you. who um, who voted for that, and uh, we appreciate it. And that's all I'm going to say about that because, Barnaby, we have a packed show. Uh, it is uh, the week before a water fire and one of our largest water fires of the year. One of uh, the fires that's very dear to my heart. It is the Water Fire Salute to Veterans. Um, I think it's one of the largest regional celebrations that we've seen, and uh, we started it last year. So this is the mm-hmm. second annual uh, Water Fire Salute to Veterans, and you know we've been working around the clock with an executive committee, um, lots of outreach into the community, and the Water Fire staff, uh, of course, has been going a little bonkers trying to pull everything together because it's exploded into such an amazing event, and um, you know we've got. Events happening starting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We've got a Veterans Resource Fair sponsored by Walmart and then Chevy and Chisholm Chisholm Kilpatrick, as well as Taco and the uh, Happy White Family Foundation. So there, we've got music at the Alex Anani uh, Live Music Pavilion stage. We have memorials in Memorial Park. We have an incredible kickoff at the State House and some keynote speakers. Um, we've got Admiral Howe, who is the new president Absolutely. of the Naval War College. Mm-hmm. Sloan Gibson, the... Uh, yep. the 
the Deputy Secretary of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. He's coming to meet us all the way from, I believe it's Washington, D.C. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, another just incredibly large, distinguished panel of uh, military men and women. And so there's a lot happening. Um, and so that's what we are here to talk about today. And we've got some really phenomenal guests, um, two that have been actually helping to plan this whole event for the last year. This is no small undertaking. And uh, our, the first person that we'll be talking to will be Lieutenant General Reginald Centracchio, who's the Adjutant General of the State of Rhode Island, and um, just an amazing man. And General Centracchio, or, or I like to call him Reggie. Um, but he, he's just been working tirelessly on our veterans' outreach, as uh, well as, believe it or not, putting uh, together some of our musical performances for Alex and Ani. So he's going to be joining us for the first part of the show. And then on the second half of our show, um, this is really an honor. Uh, we have Lynn St. Germain. And Lynn is the gold star mom of a United States Marine Corps Sergeant, Brian St. Germain. Um, and I want to talk about gold star families and gold star moms. But also, she is a, with the Family Readiness Support Assistant uh, for the Rhode Island National Guard. And they do just amazing things to uh, help families. So she'll be talking about that because, of course, that group's going to be in the resource fair. So we got a packed show, and then we're going to try to fit in... Anything else that we can, but I think without further ado, it's time to say hello to our guest and introduce our distinguished guest, Reggie Centracchio, um, to our listeners. Hi, Reggie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, How are you? Good. And just let me uh, on the front end thank uh, Barnaby and certainly you, Bronwyn. Uh, you know, no matter where I go, uh, I hear about water fire. And it's become uh, not so much a uh, only a national thing. It's it goes overseas too. I was in uh, in Venice, and I had people talking about actually the water fire in Providence. So I hope that someday you'll be able to uh, good. Uh, export that over there and, and make it happen. Um, that would be uh, fun. Thank you for saying so. We did water fire in Rome, and it was a great success. Yeah, so. I understand that too. Yeah, uh, one of my. Uh, Several years ago, I had one of my uh, cousins come over here. My two sons and I went out to Italy and and met some of the family, and uh, and they're still around, obviously. And she came back here, and she sang with one of our bands, and she sang on the hill, and I took it to water fire, too. And she was absolutely amazed. And then, consequently, you did it in Rome. We did, indeed. Uh, And she talked about that, too. So it was absolutely outstanding. So thank you for bringing uh, who you are and and Bronwyn for, for doing all that you do. Oh, thanks, Reggie. Well, you know, I, I think that um, what I want to do now is return that thanks and, and talk to you about all the hard work you've been doing for the Salute to Veterans. I know that you were part of it last year, um, and you were part of the celebration. You were a torchbearer, correct? Yes, I was a torchbearer last year, and uh, and beyond that, I said I need to get involved uh, more with this uh, to make sure that they can at least give back some of the recognition that our veterans certainly deserve and all the families that go with that, and certainly the employers. Uh, there's a story to be told. It's really never enough time to tell it, and that has to do with uh, it's beyond the individual soldier. Thank, uh, But they also have family, and they have employers, and all of that comes together in the form of uh, who we are as a society. So this is an opportunity for us to thank not only the the veterans, but certainly the families and all of the employers across the state that uh, have made so many sacrifices. Uh, Reggie, can we just back up a second, and could you just give us a a brief history? You have been a part of Rhode Island's military and and our nation's military for over 40 years? Uh, over 48. Well, I joined when I was 17 uh, on 9th of December 1957, mm-hmm. 
and I got out in uh, August of uh, 2005. Um, I had a little bit of a respite in there in the beginning uh, between the time I retired from the, the military the first time, and there was a short time frame, and then Governor Allman called me back uh, in 1995. So I served as the adjutant general for a little over 10 years. Uh, so that compiled from the day I, en- I enlisted as a private until I retired in 2005, which is just about 48 years. And just a, if you close your eyes and it's gone. You blink and there it goes, goes huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I've seen the, the Guard uh, grow from a part-time organization once in a while called upon to an operational force uh, that we have today. So today, the National Guard is the United States Army. The Army Reserve is the United States Army, and the active army is all part of that. So I, I've seen a... Uh, uh, somewhat of a uh, amorphosis, if you will, from being uh, referred to as a part-time warrior, which we don't like to even hear today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really uh, a, an old saying that re- needs to uh, disappear. <clears throat> so when we talk about the kids going to uh, being deployed, uh, they go to do their federal mission. And that's another thing that we need to understand the God has a dual mission. We have a federal mission. It has a state mission. So when I take the oath of office as the adjutant general, as all soldiers do in Rhode Island, you take an oath to the president of the United States and one to the governor of the state. And so when they return from their federal mission, they could very well be involved in an up, a, a mobilization for such things as a blizzard or a hurricane, and that has happened in, in the past several years. So it's a, uh, a multifaceted organization that really is much time. There's not enough time to tell the story, yeah. but when I have the opportunity, I try to tell it. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> and I think, you know, um, one of the, the biggest things that you've done, again, is outreach to the different veterans' communities. As we, we, as part of our executive committee, that's what you were charged with, was to get the word out and speak to these different communities. How did you go about that, and what was some of the response that you received when you went out to see if you could recruit people for this water fire salute to veterans in celebration of them? Well, there's a, there's a committee at the governor's level called the United Veterans Council, and they meet at least once a month and sometimes more than that. But they have within that uh, capacity the ability to reach out to such organizations as VFW, the AMVETS, the DAV, National Guard Association, Association United States Army, Reserve Officers Association, and many others across the entire state. And within those organizations, they have obviously splinter units within that. So as an example, within the VFW, you have different posts across the state. And they, they have a, uh, they had initially when it was reformed, it was formed as a matter of maintaining, maintaining the camaraderie that they established in their time in the military. But since then, it's become more of a, a, a social uh, kind of thing in many cases. And it has, in fact, uh, become a lobby uh, for veterans' benefits and, and such things as making sure that uh, benefits that they have now are sustained and that we look to further benefits, especially within the state, uh, such as uh, many states don't charge income tax on, uh, on veterans' uh, retirements. We're trying to get that to happen in, in Rhode Island. Yep. Uh, they also don't charge veterans for uh, state tax, rather, on, uh, on their Social Security and any federal retirement. And we hope one day Rhode Island will join that because I think the mission is to be able to understand when you lose a veteran, all of their assets go with them. Yeah. It would be much easier, I think, to have them keep them in the state and for a, a small stipend of not paying a, an income tax on their pension would certainly keep them here. Absolutely. So I think it just makes sense. 
Well, you know, we're going to have to That's take a too. yeah, we're going to have to take a quick break, but we're going to be right back with uh, Reggie Centracchio. We're talking about the Water Fire Salute to Veterans, and we're talking about our veterans. And you're listening to AM 790, your station for talking business, and we'll be right back. Thank you. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Water Fire Ignites, Rhode Island, here on AM 790 Talking Business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelser, your host, with my co-host, the artistic director and creator of Water Fire, Barnaby Evans. And we are talking all about the salute to veterans. And we uh, just left our last segment where we've been talking to Reggie Centracchio, Lieutenant... Uh, I mean, there are so many parts of this, Reggie. Lieutenant General, right... Right, so it's Lieutenant General Reginald Centracchio, Adjutant General of the State of Rhode Island. Emeritus. Emeritus. Because I'm not, I'm still not on duty. Okay. So I'm retired. Now. <laughs> it's just a long time. <laughs> and my check ended too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we just ended. and We were talking about the outreach to um, the different communities as we were trying to get torchbearers to be part of the ceremony and really invite all veterans to come down and, and see us being able to celebrate them as a community. And you were talking about the VFWs, and um, when we were at break, we were. I, I asked you, well, to me, that seems like it's almost an older generations club. And how is that working as we try to bring in the younger generations coming, uh, veterans coming in? You know, it's quite a task. Uh, many of those organizations, such as the American Legion, VFW, uh, and all the things that we just take for granted, were really formed right after World War One, World War Two, and Korea. So consequently, the membership in these organizations, uh, to some extent, uh, becoming very small. And one of their biggest challenges is to try to ensure that we get new kids coming in that have just come off a deployment from either Iraq, Afghanistan, or other parts of the world uh, to join. There seems to be, uh, that's the hardest task, I think, because they they have a different point of view. World War II veterans, and we're losing them at 1,100 a day. So they have a different philosophy and a different uh, image of what it is to be in the military. And when you try to share that with a young kid, they might certainly appreciate what it is to be in combat, but they don't really understand what it was like back in World War II. Mm-hmm. And certainly World War II doesn't understand what it's like in 2014. So you try to have that bridge to understand that they're all veterans and they may have a different point of view as to why they should belong to these organizations. So as an example, with the Korean War vintage, we have three chapters in Rhode Island uh, and, and they seldom talk to each other. Uh, for various reasons. And so there's that that little bit of uh, uh, rivalry, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But their biggest challenge in all three chapters is to try to get new people to come in so they can, in fact, be around for another few years or so. And so when you talk about uh, the uh, Vietnam era, uh, God bless those guys and gals. They came back and they weren't very well accepted and, and certainly not received well. They have a different philosophy as to uh, these organizations, too. They belong to it as a matter of maintaining the camaraderie that they enjoyed uh, during their tour of duty. And the same thing applies to uh, young kids coming back from Iraq, uh, certainly Afghanistan, uh, Cuba, and uh, and Germany, and and many of the different places we have troops uh, stationed. They come back with maintaining that 
that that wonderful relationship that they enjoyed on duty. Once you're off active duty, you, you to some extent lose that, mm-hmm. and this is a way to capture it again. And so I see it's a wonderful, absolutely wonderful feeling to be in the midst of that. Because, in yeah. fact, I've heard stories from World War II soldiers for the very first time. Right. And it just brings chills right up and down your spine. And their spouse didn't even know the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got in trouble over that. <laughs> yeah. But then you hear different stories from the Korean vintage and, and so on and so forth. And it's just a wonderful feeling to be in the midst of that. I think that's what I th- saw right. last year that I thought was really beautiful. And especially during the torch procession that all these different eras were represented. Um, and we did find coming we, together, and you know, yeah. I often find that the, the the different my my family is in different services, but World War II for um, my uncle and well, two uncles, my father, but um, they didn't re- they don't really come together. They come with a very small group, and it, we just felt that it by coming across the state, all the services, all theaters, there was an opportunity to make something that was deserving of I attention. I don't know that this so. has ever been done anywhere else. Yeah. I'm not aware of it. But once again, my hat off to you, Bonamy, and certainly you, Bronwyn. This is a first, and I think we need to leverage that in this state. You know, there's so many darn things that are good here, mm-hmm. and we need to really talk about it and do it. But right. I've never been uh, in any environment where we've had everything from World War II to the most recent uh, deployed mm-hmm. kid coming back, and their families in the middle of it. You exactly. never saw that before, and you and never saw the employers participating too. Yep. And, 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 and the other, th- uh, I used to refer to this as a three-legged stool, and that was the soldier, the family, and the employer. You take one away, and you're going to lose. Right. And that's exactly what this and has been able to do. And they all support each other mutually, and that's how you build a community. It's how you know. It's how we how you win a war. Yeah, you know, you've got to work together. And the other element that we have there that we felt very imp- was very important was talking about all the services that are available to veterans and not just having them on a list, but actually having them there so you can meet the person that you might be working with, get a better sense of what their mission is, how dedicated they are. There are a lot of people who um, may or may not want to do the work to figure out what's available for them, but if we can help bridge that gap that's a great That's exactly what it's, it's, yeah. it is doing. And I know personally I've seen several people from last year uh, being able to leverage some of those uh, benefits that they didn't, they weren't aware yeah. that were there. But, so the resource center is exactly what it, it's called. And, and I've seen people there with their, with their family and talking about something that they didn't realize, uh, really accept the fact that they had this coming to them. And it's a benefit and they should really sure. uh, take advantage of it. In fact, they can sign right up if they bring the right ID, right? Exactly. how it works. Exactly. That. We'll have programs. And, you know, I think often when uh, we'll have the, the various uh, counselors and advisors and stuff like that, and often one isn't sure one wants to go meet someone you haven't met before, but just getting a chance to realize how dedicated these people are and the, the professionalism that's there. We felt was important. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that enrolling um, for benefits, I mean, that's what people can do on the Washington Street Bridge with the VA. They just have to bring um, an ID and their DD214 or 214. And I know it's weird or it might sound strange, but there you are. You're on site. You can sign up. ESGR is going to be on site. The reserve's going to be on site. There's just a lot of different resources that are there. And then right next to that, so that's going to start at 4 o'clock. And I think that we want to really um, let people know that even though the lighting and the procession are, are closer to like 5.30, and actually there's a speaking program up at the State House, at 4 o'clock that resource fair opens up. And not only does the resource fair open up, right next to the resource fair, so on Steeple Street, 
So for every Rhode Islander, we got to mark things about where places are. It's near Fat Bellies. So if, you, if you're on Steeple Street near Fat Bellies, there is the Alex and Ani Live Music Pavilion. And as I mentioned quickly in the opening here, um, Reggie, you're quite the musician, cause, and you helped us to get some of the bands. I know um, Jimmy Allen and the Color of London is coming in with Alex and Ani for, uh, for a period of time. But you got us two incredible bands. So... Tell us about your musical side, who we've booked, and what we can expect to see. Well, uh, for this activity, I've booked the uh, Terry Givens Trio. Uh, She'll be on first, and then there's a break there. And I guess you refer to it as a stage going dark, from what I understand. I don't think it's going to go dark. I think we're going to keep it going. That's that's the goal. Oh, good. And then uh, the uh, the anchor for that would be the Nightlife Orchestra, which is about 16 pieces of big band swing and jazz. And they are uh, great. that's That's a real good band. So I'm uh, really happy with that, and I play with them on occasion. I book them, and I are we going I'm to see you play on? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> dancing? Not that night. We going to be dancing? Oh, uh, me? Yeah. Personally, yeah. I can dance out in front. Uh, <laughs> what are we thought? All right. <laughs> you got to have to keep warm because it's supposed to be a little right. chilly on yeah. Saturday. So that sounds great. And so, but Reggie, you play with them. Do you have? You've got your own band, right? I have my own band. It's the uh, Reggie Centracchio Quintet, somewhat of a novelty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play quite a bit with that one. And I also have the Johnny Bedessa big band and also the uh, New Providence big band. And they're all playing swing and jazz, and they're all professional musicians, and it's just a a wonderful uh, uh, place to be because I love music. And I also work for the Situate Art Festival, and I handle all the entertainment for that. And uh, so we bring in everybody from um, Tribeca and uh, the Nightlife Orchestra and New Providence big band and everybody in between. So we have some good good times and thank you so much for uh, allowing them to play this year absolutely well next year i want the reggie centracchio quintet quintet, yeah yeah, quintet quintet to play can can we try to do that next year that's a novelty i could probably carry the torch and play at the same time that would be different (laughs) (laughs) we just have to work on the timing of it um well i mean i thank you for so much for all the work that you've done and i guess the one question that i would have is if you could add anything to this event what would it be I would probably uh, want to see more of a, the spouse and the family involved, uh, uh, and the, as well as the employers. Uh, and I, I hold that to be so important. Uh, a soldier may want to serve. Uh, he or she may want to serve. Sometimes the family is a little reluctant. But I think if they understand really what that soldier wants to do, right. they need to be part of it. And uh, I think we've seen that, uh, but we need to b- may have a better effort. Maybe the, the procession next year could be, you know, a family yeah. uh, instead of just a single soldier. It's just an idea. Yeah. Uh, and maybe have an employer uh, have some place uh, that has uh, shown some spectacular support to the Guard and Reserve over the last several years and have them showcased in some way. Well, you know what? It, it, it means so much just to say Absolutely. thank you. Those are great ideas. And, you know, Barnaby, I think we're going to take those into we account. Will. And we'll I know you'll be on the executive committee again next year, right? I will. We're roping <laughs> you in right now. <laughs> right. Reggie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you, you for all the work that you've done. And cannot wait to see you on Saturday carrying a torch. I can't wait, too. We'll be Looking right back. Looking forward to it. You're thank listening. you, Barnaby. Thank you, Reggie. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. We'll be right back.
And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfeltzer. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, the creator of Waterfire, Barnaby Evans. And we just had a wonderful talk with Reggie Centracchio. Isn't he just phenomenal? Oh, he is. He's just great. And you are so much beloved all across the state for the work you've done representing our soldiers and our veterans. He's talking to Reggie, not me, listeners, just so you know. (laughs) But we've been talking all about our Salute to Veterans, which is coming up this Saturday. Um, One of my personal favorites and one of our largest fires of the season. And our second guest um, today, like Reggie, has been working tirelessly on our committees. Um, She's an amazing, amazing woman, and I'm just so honored to have her here. Um, Lynn St. Germain. Uh, Lynn is the Gold Star mom of United States Marine Corporal Sergeant Brian St. Germain, and also Family Readiness Support Assistant to the Rhode Island National Guard, which will be present uh, at the Resource Fair. Um, But thank you so much for coming in. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. And I also know that you are going to be the main torchlighter that hands the fire off to our our, our boats on Saturday. That's what I've been told. Yes, I'm very honored. It was very honored um, that they picked my name to to do that. Uh, It means a lot. Um, even though my son is no longer with us, um, my ties to the veteran community are very strong, uh, probably even stronger than they were when he was alive. Can we go back a little bit? A lot of people, um, including myself before I got really involved with veterans' uh, activities, probably don't know what a Gold Star family is or a Gold Star mom. Would you mind just giving us a little bit of background and telling us part of your story? Um, Not at all. Um, A Gold Star mom is someone who has lost a child um, in a war, a foreign war, away from home. Um, Brian served in Iraq. It was He was on his second tour. He, um, he was killed in April of 2006. Um, and, you know, you, you wonder um, how you're going to handle it and how you're going to be. And if people had told me 10 years ago that I was going to lose my son in a war um, and that I was going to be okay and that I was going to move forward and I was going to do some good things, um, I would never have believed to them. But I think it's because of him and because of who he was and what he stood for that I I do the things that I do. Um, I have a foundation in his name that I've started. So um, I think the biggest thing that you can do with Gold Star Parents is first of all one of our biggest missions is that our children are never forgotten Um, so to honor them and us through the veterans water fire is showing us that you have not forgotten that um that our children were alive Mm -hmm. Um, you know and another thing is is that you want to make sure that their sacrifice was not um for nothing so um so you continue to do that the community continues to do that so to see the community come out and to reach out to us and to support us um definitely means a lot to um to all the gold star parents and and i know that you spearhead a lot of the 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 whole gold star families and and moms and so thank you for that uh thank you for the service that brian did but thank you for um being a real example because i think as you said sometimes you need a shining light in the darkness to let you know that you're going to make it through and that also that you know people are going to work and we're not going to forget and we we are going to remember and i know that last year we marched down with gold stars um the gold star families did from the state house that's correct and i think you'll be doing that again right and that's what i'm told and then you're picking up a torch i am picking up a torch last year i actually was a torch bearer also 
um, which I was very honored to do. Um, when I first was asked, it was, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm sure I can do that. And um, to be a part of that, to be surrounded by that many veterans, by that many people who love veterans is really, um, I can only equate it to, I've gone to, um, when Brian was first killed in 2006, I went to the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. And that was the first time that I had been surrounded by that many, um, and it's not just Marines that run in the marathon, it's other um, branches too. So to be surrounded by that many people who actually we love our military like that is is really um, phenomenal, and I felt that same thing at last year's water fire, to feel the yeah. love from the community come out and support our veterans. Um, it really it just it gives you an all over good feeling. It really does. Absolutely, that's what we wanted to do, and in a sense, Brian is still serving through you, and the whole community is building our state to be a better state. You know protecting the nation it's you know it's it's you know i you know i feel so strongly about veterans and and it's uh it's just we just want to say thank you as a community wide so i'm glad you're there thank you yeah and i think the outpouring of energy that's something that um has has resonated with uh, with a lot of people that have gotten back with feedback about what they enjoyed about last year um as reggie centracchio was saying about the vietnam veterans you know as building their own home and memorial and memorial park and a tent where they can go hang out and and talk to each other that was neat but i i'll never forget the moment when all of the torchbearers come down into that basin and again you know barnaby normally it's very quiet in that basin when we do those ceremonies but everyone was up and cheering and it was it was so exciting and so happy so to know that you're going to be there with that flame handing it off to those boats and then those fires are going to be lit from that that's a pretty cool feeling that's a pretty cool feeling and then to have that power too you know (laughs) it's going to be fantastic and then to know that you wear another hat and that you are really spearheading the two tents that are part of the resource fair and, and the family readiness I, you know, as we were saying with Reggie, he was saying, you know, it's our families and our spouses that he, he would like to see supported more, which I, it sounds like that re- would resonate with you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to work for an outside contracting company for um, the Rhode Island National Guard. Um, I'm the family readiness support assistant um, for the Rhode Island National Guard. I work with the 43rd MP Brigade. Um, and with that, I work with the commanders and the family readiness groups. Um, to help make sure that the families and the soldiers are ready before, during, and after deployment. And with the Rhode Island National Guard, what a lot of people don't understand is our soldiers can get deployed within the state. Um, If we have a hurricane, if we have a blizzard. So therefore, they're taken away from their families even at those times. So to have the family readiness group in... um, you know, prepared and ready to help those family members when that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I support the commanders with that. I help them out. I make sure that the family readiness groups are up and active and running so that when the soldier does get called away, there's help for the families. They don't have to call yeah. their soldier. They don't have to pull their soldier away from, even if it is an in-state deployment. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boston Marathon, our soldiers, the Rhode Island um, MPs got called away for that. Sure. So a couple of weeks, you know, they were away from home in preparation of it during. Um, that's also could have been a very dangerous deployment. So it's not just that they get called to Afghanistan and Iraq and that they're in a, you know, a real war zone. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and, and you're working with children and the spouses. And again, we're going to have to take a break in a second. But when I come back, I would love to know a little bit more specifically what, what it is. I mean, is it providing babysitting services? Are there fun things that are happening? Oh, absolutely. And, we and have fun. You know, fun's important. So exactly. we're going to take a quick break right now. We are talking to Lynn St. Germain, and I'm with Barnaby Evans. And we are getting all geared up and all excited about the Water Fire Salute to Veterans happening on Saturday, November 8th. And you are listening to AM790, your station for talk in business. We'll be right back. We are back. And we are. And hello, hello, hello. And you're listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. And we are talking to Lynn St. Germain um, all you know, about the Family Readiness Program. And one other thing about that, Lynn, that I think, Reggie, you mentioned as well, which is the whole family serves as well. And I think that's so important for people to realize that the, you know, when the, during the deployment and particularly in the situation when you've lost someone, this is an ongoing mission and it's something that uh, where the children, you know, it's just it's a constant presence there and the support for that sort of aspect of service is just so important. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, at family programs, um, we do say that the family serves too. Because it is, um, I think we had discussed off air um, that, you know, when the soldier is over there, he's given a mission. He knows exactly what he needs to do day to day, and he does that mission. Um, and the mom or the husband, in some cases, is left home raising the kids, paying the bills, balancing the checkbook. They're getting the kids ready for school, ready for dance lessons, going to the sports events. Um, it's a lot more work. And a lot of times the mom or the dad come back home, sure. and they find it hard to fit back in. Because it's like Groundhog Day yeah, for them exactly. when they're over there. And when they come home, everyone's a year older. Right. You know, the children are a year older. The children and the wife or the spouse is more independent right. because they've survived yeah. a year. So that spouse has to, and we try through family programs, we try to get them reintegrated back into society. Right. Um, and we try to do it the best that we can. There are a lot of resources that are available to them, and that's what we're going to bring with us to this resource fair that we have yeah. going on at Waterfire on Saturday night is we're going to bring resources with us. So those who are reintegrating into back into society, we want to let them know what is available to them and what's out there for them at all times. Yeah, I'm glad you explained that because I hadn't thought about that last part where suddenly the soldier comes back and people have gotten used to you know, going on with life, and quite inadvertently, they might, well, you sort of wonder, gee, where where do I fit back in? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I did have one soldier, um, the wife, explained to me one time, too, when they um, had come back from, it was a year deployment, so they had two weeks of, you know, R&R, so now they take the soldier out of the war zone, they bring him home for only two weeks. Right. Um now he's trying to. Now he's feeling guilty because he's been away for six months. Absolutely. So he's trying. To, so he's trying to help. And she's like, he just got in my way. Yeah. Right. You know, well, <laughs> it's, it, because it's only for two weeks, she's got a system down. And he's like, well, let me get the kids on the bus. Well, let me. She's like, now my whole routine is thrown off. Yep. Right, exactly. You know, so, it, it, yeah. Plus, you're supposed to be doing R&R. You exactly, know? Yeah, so. exactly. And to, you know, and to have them come back here and forget about the war yeah. for two weeks is, is very difficult. It's very, very difficult. difficult. Yeah. So it so sounds I'm like a three-pronged approach. It's, it's, it's one, taking care of people before they go and getting them prepared. Two, having programs that take care of the families while the, the wh- whoever is deployed is away. Exactly. And then three, helping with the integration on the way. Exactly. So exactly. 
are there specific examples for, like because um, I know that you you do a lot with the the children and the families that what are some of the services that you uh, have we have an amazing child and youth program um through the Rhode Island National Guard um our lead youth coordinator is Holland Tulip she does amazing things she does um a summer camp over the week for I think it's six nights and seven days they go overnight um and they do all kinds of activities. The National Guard comes in and they'll teach them how to, like, they'll teach them even, you know, show them what the MREs are like. So they'll have that for lunch one day. Um, they'll yeah. show them, you know, bring down a Humvee and let the kids go through it and look at it. And, you know, the helicopters will fly over for them. And so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. She does um, a day um, camp where she, last year she taught them the, from the very beginning to the very end of making a spaghetti dinner. They made spaghetti from scratch. They made the meatballs from scratch. Oh, they made the fun. sauce. Yeah. So they yeah. taught them a whole culinary yeah. um, thing because, you know, our military kids have to be resilient. They have mm-hmm. to learn how to fend for themselves because, you know what, mom and dad could get called out. And they have to learn how to do this stuff. Well, because it's not yeah. constant. They're, exactly. They're exactly. So it changes, you know. And so what else can we see in this tent so for resources? Um, we also have tents. Military One Source, which is, I don't know the 1-800 number, but if they come to our tent, we'll show them. <laughs> That's right. Um, but um, Military One Source is a Department of Defense program that is a 1-800 number. It also has a website, but you can get, they are on call 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. They can do anything from teaching you how to cook a turkey how to find dance lessons for your children. Everyone who answers the phone has a master's degree level education. Can I call and learn how to cook a turkey? Well, you have to have a military <laughs> tie. But you know what? If you find a cute service member, I bet he'll do it for you. My husband might get a little upset about that. <laughs> That's and your right. husband's a vet too. He is. Oh, a vet. So well, he then your husband can he call. He can call and find out. You can how to put them the on speakerphone. What do you think oh, of that? Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> there goes the kitchen. You can eat at our house if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- those are nice programs. Yeah, okay. they're amazing programs that are available to them. And unfortunately, enough of, not enough of our veterans know about the programs. So that's why being at this resource fair is very important sure. to us because we're going to be able to teach them. So even if we can get a few more who know about the program, and then they can spread it out and they can spread it out and, you know, and so forth and so on. You now, know? now, we've mentioned this resource fair. We should tell people where it is. It's on, well, it's on the Washington Street Bridge. It's actually it's expanded because it's twice yeah, the size of last year. So yeah. Washington Street Bridge, that's where the VA will have their presence, where you can sign up for benefits on site. There's going to be a photographer there who's going to be documenting. If you are a veteran, go down, get your picture taken. She's got an incredible project, which um, we'll have up on the Waterfire website. I don't want to detract well too seeing. much. Well um, and then also, uh, as we go up to the resource area, it's Washington Street up to College in North Maine. And, North Maine, and yeah. there is a real, real lot happening at this fire and you know I just got the two minute signal I hate when that happens Barnaby you know <laughs> Brett our producer our fabulous producer gave me the two minute signal so there's no way I can get out everything that's happening um Go to the Waterfire website. Everything is detailed there. But Barnaby, um, there's a little surprise for you here. Um, that oh, I, uh, yes, I'm going to be switching seats right now. Um, so I'm going to say goodbye and let you lead everybody out after this surprise, okay? Um, All right, but General so. Centracchia, would you like to switch seats with me? Hello, General. Now I'm nervous. Okay, <laughs> Barnaby. Every commander and every major command 
across the United States military has what's referred to as a command coin. When you present that coin, it's really reserved for something spectacular and something of excellence. So on behalf of Lynn and I, I'd like to present you my coin. Oh, thank so you so much, it. Commander. Absolutely. Uh, with great honor and, uh, and gratitude. Thank you for your service as well. Now, the rest of the story is you need to have it because it's called a challenge coin. Oh, okay. If I call you on it, you need to present it. If you don't present it, you buy the drinks. I buy the drinks. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll buy the we'll drinks see you anyway. Saturday. Okay, but I'll <laughs> yeah. see you Saturday. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, Lynn, thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for all the veterans who have supported us. We look forward to every coming down to November 8th, this Saturday at Waterfire. Starts at 4, lighting at 6, and we'll go to 11 o'clock. And thank you for your vision on all of this. And we will yeah. see you down by the river. 